How do you feel about your follow through? What does it tell you about your golf swing? Great question brought in by a listener of ours. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Good to be with you. I do like the podcast format. It's just better for me. You don't have to look at your own face while you're trying to record it. So, really cool. Good to be here. Uh, This question actually came in from uh, a buddy of mine who has been working on his golf game, which is great. Uh, He actually went out and played this weekend with his brother and was out thinking about some things and trying to get a little bit better and had a question about his follow through. So he came in here and we were, he's actually in the office yesterday and sat down and and we were having a good discussion about we're, we're working on some work projects together. So we sat here on the Little Black Couch, which is actually the title of my other uh, broadcast, which is about entrepreneurship. But we were in here discussing business and going over things. And it was actually kind of funny because as we sort of started to wrap things up, he said, hey, I've got another question for you off topic. And I'm thinking, okay, um, I don't know what this is going to be. And we talk about a lot of different things, but... But yeah, he, he went and asked, he's like, hey, how do I know if my, you know, how do I know I've got a good follow through? And I'm like, well, you know what? That's a great question. And so we talked about it a little bit and kind of gotten, probably gotten to the weeds a little bit more than, than I would with most folks. But um, it seemed to help him quite a bit. And so I thought we'd do the same thing here. The follow through is an interesting is an interesting part of the golf swing. There's a lot that um, there's a lot of folks who believe and, and are take the opinion that the, the follow through doesn't mean anything. The ball's gone. What does it matter? And um, I I definitely don't feel that way. I feel like the the follow through is a very important part of the golf swing because we can learn so much about our golf swing based on um, how the the follow through comes about. So I just wanted to jump into that a little bit. So, so um, my buddy was telling me, and I'm going to try to not use names anymore. I actually had a, a friend of mine, uh, a different friend, who said he gets a little embarrassed when he hears his name. So I'm not going to use names. I'm going to try to keep names out of it unless a buddy says, hey, go ahead and use my name. So this buddy of mine, local guy here, we were talking, and he was explaining how his, how his backswing was, I mean, how his uh, follow-through was. And how his, you know, how he'd gone working on some uh, different things, uh, a shorter three-quarter swing, some different stuff. But his, his follow-through seemed to be a little bit different, and he wasn't finishing his follow-through. And so we began talking about it, and we got into this. He started talking about how he was trying to essentially manufacture a follow-through. And, and so he was trying to, to think about his follow-through, which seems okay, in a lot of, uh, to, I think to a lot of folks that they, they feel like if they, and, and this is the problem I have with it, if you systematically try to break down your golf swing and make certain things happen, then you've lost your ability to have any sort of natural motion whatsoever, right? You've completely lost it. You're trying to control your, 
very natural, perfect golf swing with a very conscious mind. And this conscious mind literally has no idea what's going on in your golf swing because it has no idea where the club is, where the swing plane is, nothing, right? It's just trying to, it's literally the blind leading the blind at this point. And so we talked about it a little bit. The, the follow through, you can have a perfect follow through every single time if your golf swing's perfect every single time. If you don't have a perfect golf swing, then chances are your follow through is not going to be perfect. It's going to feel a little uncomfortable and a little awkward. And until we fix everything that's happening before the follow through, it will continue to be awkward and weird and unbalanced and whatever. And that's totally fine. The follow through is absolutely a brilliant communicator of what has happened previous to it. So, and you see a lot of guys who have, um, have learned, <laughs> have learned over the years how to fake a finish. And this was something that literally I heard for the first time from uh, Fred Shoemaker. And he was talking about my swing and how I had this swing and went around and then I, I faked the finish. And I'm kind of like, dude, what are you doing, you know? I'm, I'm standing there faking a finish, holding it. And he's like, yeah, but that's not, if you just kind of let the club go, that's not how the club would finish. So I was literally manipulating the club after impact so I could have a pretty finish. And that kind of goes back to, I'm sure all of you have heard of the Little Red Book written by Harvey Pinnock. I have the copy, I have a copy here. And uh, I do like to, when we talk about certain topics, I like to go and read over the different reference books they have scattered around. But I knew that Harvey Pinnock had something on follow through. And if you look at a lot of golf books, like Fred's book on extraordinary golf, uh, if you look at like Nick Price's book that I have right here, The Swing, if you look at, Nick Price doesn't even talk about the follow through. Like to him, it's just a non-factor. Um, but it, with Harvey Pinnock, I wanted to read a couple things from his book because I thought there's a couple things in here that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. I'll start with the funny stuff and then we'll get into the real stuff. Um, but I love this towards the end. So this is in the Little Red Book. It's on page 156. And it's literally a page entitled The Follow Through. Okay? So right at the bottom, he goes, I don't care for posing on the golf course. If you hit a good shot but fall back a little or don't quite hold your balance, that's all right on the golf course. You're not getting points for style on the course. Your object is to hit the ball to your target, which I love. I know we've talked about a bunch. And if you hit a good shot on the course and wind up in a lovely finish, just bring it down and go on and tend to your business. So he's not really big on the posing, to let everybody know that you've hit a wonderful golf shot. And where this is very funny to me is I was out playing with our boys when they were young. This was the back in the time when I basically ruined my oldest son trying to fix him and where I'd finally figured out um, just in time for my middle son that um, if I just let him have fun, then he'd want to play more golf. So he just had fun. He just had a good time with it. And so he loved to play golf. So we were out together and it was, actually, it was the three of us. Canyon had decided to come along with us at that time, but he wasn't really playing. And we were on hole number eight, and Kedrick had gone up, and I let the boys at this age, they were probably probably eight. Kedrick was probably eight, and Canyon was probably 10, because they didn't allow kids younger than eight on the course. 
They, pr I, they probably still don't. I just don't have a kid that's under eight, so it doesn't matter anymore. Maybe that's still the rule. Don't know, don't care. But anyway, we were on the eighth tee, and Kedrick had been, you know, having fun, hitting some good shots uh, here and there, but nothing great. But we were on the eighth tee. I let them play from the uh, up tees while we were playing at this age. And he got up, and he absolutely just killed a driver. Just hit it dead center, went around to the finish, beautiful finish, and he just sat there holding the finish. And holding the finish. And held the finish. And I, he must have been a solid minute. And he was being a little snarky, and we had a good chuckle and stuff at it. But as he came back to the cart and got in, his comment was, that felt so good. So he was just there kind of enjoying it and being somewhat proud of himself and doing a little, uh, a little posing, as, uh, as one Harvey Pinnock would say. But that was a lot of fun. As a dad, that's killer, right? I giggled like that forever. I actually took a couple pictures. You know what? I'll probably throw them up if I do, if I do anything on the follow-through um, for a live cast. I'll throw the picture up because it's hysterical. I literally had so much time to take a picture because he held the pose for a minute that I finally got out my phone and took a picture and he was literally in the same spot. So, But anyway, on this follow-through, this is interesting. So Harvey Pennock would do something with his students that I thought about a little bit after I read it and I want to discuss it a little bit when we're done here. But So he says here, right at the start of this, in an effort to have a student learn the right type of action down in the hitting area, one of the first things I do is put him or her in a good follow-through position. This is important because the this is important because the follow through is a reflection of what has gone on before it, which I completely agree with. As does Fred Shoemaker. Pictures show the ball. Pictures show the ball is gone from the club face a fraction of a second after you hit it, so you don't hit it with your follow through. But if you have made a proper swing, your follow through will display it. Love that. Love that. So there's a lot of things going on. If you, go into your, if you go into your golf swing and you come into the ball, say, uh, too hard, swinging too hard and unbalanced, you're going to have a very difficult time making a good follow-through, right? If you've come over the top, it's very difficult to have a good follow-through. If you've come away from the inside and you've blocked yourself, it's difficult to have a really good follow-through. These are many, when the pros are so proficient at this, they hide their bad swing so well, and they fake a finish. But a follow-through should be an effortless, effortless continuation of an on-plane swing. And if it is not, then we've got some work to do. And that's really the best use of a follow-through, is to let it help you sort of understand whether you're swinging well or not. Now, the diagnosis of this becomes a little more difficult and that's kind of what my buddy was saying. He's like, oh, great. You know, I thought that I could just make myself go around and finish, and then that was done. I'm like, no, dude, it's, you know, it's, if you're having a hard time getting to a finishing position, then there's something else going on previous to you hitting the ball that it's making impossible for you to do that. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. You can be sticking back on your backside, right, on your back foot. That makes it hard to really have a nice finish. To have a nice finish, you've got to be posted up on that front side foot. That, then you can rotate about that in front of, uh, rotate your hips around that posting up leg 
that's in front and have a nice finish that way. So that's one place to look. If your swing is off plane, that's another place to look. It's very hard to sort of get the swing down. If you come over the top, now you come very inside and across the ball. Now you've got this very low, and you'll sometimes see the club come out very low below the shoulder, and then you kind of have to lift it up and do some sort of a weird swing to get the club anywhere up towards your neck head area, right, and have a nice finish. It's opposite if you come in sort of from the inside, and instead of snap hooking it, you kind of hold it off, and then you'll see that finish kind of come up above the shoulder, and you'll fake a finish. And that was my fake the finish. I would hold off, I would come inside, get stuck, flip my hands on it, hold my hands off once they got square, worried about turning it over and hitting a dead left shot, and I would hold it off and then set it back behind my head and fake a finish. Instead of letting the club release, because if I let the club release from that far inside, it was going dead left and I was going to be in the booger bushes and there's no way I would be able to play from there. So that's how I sort of started to manufacture my swing. So that's the cool thing about a follow-through. Now, the, uh, another good thing that I've always asked the kids to do is make sure that they can hold their follow-through, which my son did very well at that particular time. But as you come through and finish, can you, can you be balanced? Can you finish up balanced? Really, all your weight should be on that front foot, and the back foot should just be kind of free to do whatever it wants, so you can roll it up on the toe and do whatever. If you cannot roll yourself up on the toe, then you have got too much weight on that back foot, right? That's a super good indication that you've left too much weight out there. You haven't got all the way to the front foot. I definitely do that. I, I get to the front foot and then move back so my weight is more center when I hit the ball. That's not a great way. It's tougher to make a finish that way. So I have to really push off after I've hit the ball in order to have to fake a finish. So those are some things to look for. One of the coolest ways to, if you're, this is one of the coolest ways to use a follow through. If you're off balance, check to see your swing tempo check to see your swing plane, and you can do that. Swing tempo obviously is something that you can just mess with, but if you're having a problem with, with, uh, with a, a comfortable sort of relaxed finish with no tension, that's another thing that causes a very bad, bad follow-through is tension in your golf swing. So check there, check your grip, check to see if anything's too tight as you're going back because tension is a killer in the golf swing and it's a killer in the follow-through. But check your swing plane, do all that. That's easiest to be done if you don't have any of these instruments that I always talk about, the, the blast, the swing bite, the sky caddy, the Garmin. If you don't have any of those devices, then definitely set up your video camera. I've showed you how to do that in previous live videos on our Facebook page. Just go to the, face, data, the data, data Access Golf Facebook page. I've got some lines on there on how to set up uh, videos properly. You want them down the line, down your hands so you can see it properly. That will give you a good indication of where your swing plane is. So use the follow through as an indicator of how your swing is. If you have a really nice follow through and it feels balanced and free and, and um, comes up effortlessly through the follow through, chances are you're swinging it really good. That all the fundamentals are in, in pretty good place. But if you struggle with your, with your follow through at all, it just means that something previous to it is a little bit off and we have to figure out, do some diagnostic work to figure out what that is, okay? So the perfect follow-through will always follow a very good golf swing. And a, a follow-through that feels tense, unbalanced, is too low, too high, manufactured, is an indication that something happened previous that wasn't in good shape. So hopefully that's helpful to you. Thanks for joining me today on... 
the Dead Axis Skull podcast. So excited for Pebble Beach. We'll definitely get into the U.S. Open tomorrow with some predictions and ideas. I am loving listening to some of the comments that are going on now. Brooks Kepka, after being so quiet for so long, is so hysterical right now, but I love his attitude. Just like, hey, quit complaining about it. We all have to play the same course, so what do you care? I was one that was kind of spouting off that the USGA tries to make people look like fools. Brooks Kepka doesn't seem to mind. As long as he beats everybody, he doesn't care what he scores. He doesn't care anything. It's just, if we all have to play the same thing, why are we complaining about it? And uh, you know what? Dude's right. If that's how, and we can't beat his attitude, right? So really cool that way. Anyway, um, it, we'll get into the uh, Pebble Beach tomorrow. Really excited. We've got sort of Fred Schumacher out there going to be at the Open, and then he's going to talk to us afterwards. So that will be cool as well. Thanks for joining me today. Let me know how your follow-through feels. Let me know what you're feeling. Let's, if we have to get into this deeper, let's do it. Let's get into follow-through deeper. Let's get into what sort of feels you're feeling in your follow-through, what you're seeing in your follow-through. Video your follow-through and send them on in. Facebook, stick them on Facebook comments. I'll definitely see them there. Um, our Facebook channel, go subscribe there and check that out. Definitely check out the podcast at, at iTunes. I guess that they're change, Apple will be changing it to just podcasts, but sus, uh, subscribe there and let me know your comments and we'll talk more about it. So until next time, better data always means better golf and it's especially important for us amateur golfers. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.